The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Show. You're listening to Ray of the Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me? Well, my man Fish is in the studio. And you know what that means. The draft is over. It's that time of year. You kind of We kind of debrief a little bit, kind of give him a chance to breathe and, and me a chance to kind of look at some things and think, what the hell was some people thinking? And, you know, and uh, what happened to some people and what happened to others. But it's that time of year, so... Uh, I want to welcome my friend into the studio with me. Fish, how you doing, man? I'm great. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing good, man. I, you know, it's, it's been a couple of weeks. I apologize to those of you out there who might have been looking forward to us having this show. Um, I've been on the road. I uh, had a couple of things I had to take care of personally, so I apologize. And then uh, Fish, of course, was on the road himself as well, so we could not do this show uh, last week. But, uh, man, I don't, I don't mean to just come right out at you fish but I, but I saw some news this morning man and I I know you probably knew about it before some other people but the heart has to be throbbing a little bit uh, the big fella got something wrong with the shoulder already yeah 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 he um I was just I just found out uh, I don't know exactly what happened but I found out yesterday um that he was going to have surgery but um, if everything goes well, he should be back by the seventh game of the season or so. Seventh so game. Now, that, now that's of course six, six, by the fifth or sixth game. Of now the that's season. Lawson, right? That's yeah, pronounced yeah. yeah. And, and 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 coming into that, you know, I, I think I watched the bowl game. It might have heard. It might have been a little something, uh, but a tweaking. But but man, I'm sure as. And again, I want to make sure I get this right. The director of college scouting, am I right, Fish? Right. You know, of course, Kelvin Fisher in the studio with us again. Uh, director of college scouting for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, when something like that happens, Fish, man, it's like, I mean, does your does your heart drop? I mean, I know you're looking for contributions from the very beginning. Uh, you know, we we can't dictate or anticipate when injuries might come. Uh, but did this one hit you guys totally, you know, in, in the dark? Or did you think it might have been something there and might tweak it at some point in time? What, what was that? I mean, you know how it is. You, you don't know. Um, when things like this happen, you don't know. But uh, I will say this, and I always said this when I was on the show, you got to build your team so you reload. Um, you got to have depth because you never know. Right. You, ne- you, you never know. I mean, Look at the situation in Jacksonville last year. They first round pick goes to OTAs and tears his ACL, and no one could have told me that that guy Flowers, the athletic athleticism that he had and 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 how strong he was, that he would tear his ACL at an OTA. So you you don't know right. you, you you don't. But at the same time, you got to build your team with depth. So if anything happens, 
you can brush your shoulder off, take a deep breath, and say, okay, we're going to be all right. Well, I'm glad you said that because, you know, that's something that you've, you've said to me for years, you know, that, that, you, that you reload. You always reload regardless of where you've been. That's been your attitude certainly is, is to reload. So, so now that this draft is over, can you look back on this draft and can you say that, that you're happy about the results of your draft? I'm very happy with the results. Very happy. I think we addressed a lot of, a lot of uh, things we needed to. And, um, but we also picked the best player on our board. Okay. You know, so, I mean, with, with all that being said, it's almost like, it's almost like God can't believe this happened this way. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But it so happened. It went, so it went that well for you. Yes. Yes, I, I just feel like we we plugged some things in that we needed, and we never went away from. Um, we never went, we never drafted for need. We drafted the best player, and, and it worked out. And is there a temptation? You know, fish is sitting there. You know, there's other people in that war room with you. Um, obviously, you know, you're one of the big dogs in there in the decision making process. Is there a knee jerk moment where something might be on the board that you didn't have? you know, on your board that might make you think, or do you just, are you the professional that you prefer to stick to your board regardless of what happens when there's something that's still there and you just never thought it was going to be there, so maybe it wasn't on your board, but did, did anything ever make your knee jerk in this draft? Well, no, and, and, and to answer your question, really, like your board is set, so if you follow your board, you're fine. It's, if it's someone up there that gets drafted higher than where you had them, that's other teams. There's 32 different flavors in this NFL. Right. You know, 32 different teams, 32 different flavors, 32 different ways of doing it. Um, but when you stick with your board, I just think when you stick with your board, you're going to get the guy you want. You will get the guy you want because it's your board. And so, in other words, there's, there's, you cannot be distracted. Let's, this is our game plan going in, guys. These are the people that we want, regardless of what shows up. Let's stick to our plan, plan. And, and pick the people that we got on the exactly. board. Exactly. At the end of the day, it's funny how, you know, when a draft comes around, that's the easiest part of this whole process for me. I mean, because Thursday evening when it's that time and that, that bell rings and it's the first pick, you already know what your board is. Now it's just a matter of letting them names fall off your board. Mm -hmm. And then who's ever the best name on that board, the top player on your board, you take them. And and your board, of course, always is based upon is is it need or is it? It's, it's never is it's it never need? see that's that's the biggest thing is that it's never based on need. It's always based on the best player. I'm so glad you said that because you and I you and I have had several conversations and, and see I got a board here. I got a board of questions. <laughs> and you're gonna make me jump around my board based upon what your response was. And I know Fish, we've been doing this show for years, man. And I know at, at some point in time, you were not real big on the combine. If you had to do it, like I said, if you had a way to do it all over again, because I think you one of those guys, you like football, you know. And, and can talent, has it changed for you over the years? And that, that's where I want to go. Has it changed for you over the years as your responsibilities have changed? Has the combine become uh, more productive for you in terms of really allowing you to do your job and really evaluate talent, or or you back where we were a little bit is like hey, that ain't necessary. I still got to see tape and a whole bunch of other things, but the forty I know was one of those things that wasn't necessarily the you know hey the greatest thing for you to really measure talent for. But talk about that a little bit. I think um, I think the combine. I don't know like 
I know we talked about this in the past. The combine is big to me, and it's always been big to me. I just don't believe in going to the combine and a guy working out good, and you run him up your board because he had a great workout, and you neglect the football play. There you go. Okay. That's 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 what I'm saying as far as the combine. I get a lot out of the combine. Ten years ago, I got a lot out of the combine. Fifteen years ago, I got. But I'm not a big fan of just because a guy works out, runs fast, that he's a better player than what you saw on tape. You don't, you 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 can't sway because he runs fast, he jumps high, he backpedals really well. But then when you put on the tape and you see him getting beat deep, and you see him missing tackles, and you see him uh, missing plays on the ball, I mean, you can't neglect what you saw. And that's that's my biggest thing with the combine. If you're not strong enough, it will sway you the other way. And then that's when you make mistakes and you may draft a guy higher than what you want to draft him at. But if you stick with the with the way you were trained and in, in, in your eye of the talent and watching football, because at the end of the day, you want great football players. You you know, you want great players as good athletes or great players as great athletes, but you don't want great athletes that can't play football. So you so you you're saying that, you know, hey, there's some guys that look good in shorts. There's some guys that run fast in shorts. There's some guys that, that can play defense real good in shorts. They can rush the end real good in shorts. But when you put the pads on, it might be something different. Exactly. And and it's funny you say that because we all played and we all had them guys on our team. And that's where and that's where you learn to scout. Back then, when you saw that dude, you're like, damn, he can move. And then you put the pads on, and you don't even know where he's at anymore. Yeah, there, there are people who, who play, and, and I'm sure you, we've all seen it. And for some reason or other, the man with the heart tends to play a little bit faster when the pads is on than the dude who doesn't have the heart. The dude, I agree. The dude who doesn't have the heart, he, he could be a 4-3 a, a guy. But you'll never see four three in those pads, you know. <laughs> exactly, and, that, and that's what happens at the combine because you do see guys play, and you say, ah, uh, you know, I question his speed. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then you go to the combine, the guy runs a four three five, but you was questioning his speed. I mean, you question his speed because he really didn't want to play. Didn't want to get, didn't want to run up you there know? and get that. Exactly. Get, that, that, that's something, fish. I, I man, I've been that kind of person myself. It it just surprises me. But for me, I don't know how I learned that, but I learned that early on is. Oh, he's not trying to get to where the contact is. That's what. That's why that speed doesn't show up, you know. So, uh, so listen, man. I got a couple other things I want to ask you, and uh, uh, in particular about about the draft. And uh, you know, this year's draft was it any different for you this year than in, than any other year? As you went into and you approached this, I think this is your second or third year in this position. Did you approach this draft any different than than anyone? You know, what was different than this draft and, and last year's draft in particular for you? I, I didn't know. I didn't approach the draft. Uh, any different? Um, I mean, I saw all, I saw pretty much all the players. I, I stacked them the way I felt like, the way I liked them, and uh, I think it was it was a little defense heavy, which which helps, you know. Um, but I, I really think it was a lot of it was a lot of defensive linemen and and, and and DBs that that makes it harder just to stack them in the right in the right order the way you would like to take them. So you mean when you say it was defense heavy this year, you're saying there was more talent on the defensive side of the ball that was a part of this draft than on the offensive side of the ball? Correct. Now Correct. now now is that is, is that a an opinion um, overall? Does everybody tend to, to rate these guys or was that the Buffalo Bills is I know, think, opinion going in? I think that's my opinion the you know, and obviously the Buffalo Bills. When we talk to the people that I deal with with the Bills, 
you know, we kind of felt the same way. And I guess when it's all said and done, you can see how many players were drafted on the defensive side, side of the ball and the offensive Correct. side. And so you're saying, did it come out? Did it actually play out that way? There were more defensive guys? Uh, yes, it did. It did. It did. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I, I know there's a uh, one of them in particular uh, that you, you picked up that I'm not going <laughs> to, you know, I'm not going to get into that. But, uh, uh, okay, so, so, so moving forward, Fitz, you uh, had a chance to uh, digest the draft. Have you guys had uh, your rookie camp yet? Yeah, we had a rookie mini camp already. Okay, and and so going in, did you go back up to that to take a look at the guys? Or yes. Did you, okay, yes. and 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 again, of course, they're in shorts, mm -hmm. uh, with the exception. I think everybody understood that, with the exception of my good friend Ozzy Newsom. I guess he got a couple of problems. He didn't understand. I guess no pads. I don't know if you got a chance <laughs> to hear that, but uh, I guess Ozzy decided to suit the guys up in some pads and. Uh, you're going to have a problem with that. But uh, but I tell you what, we, we're going to take a break. I'm, I'm not going to go. i got a couple more things I want to ask. Uh, you're going to be here for me with the entire show, and we got a, we got a special guest, too, and I'm going to wait a little bit longer to tell you guys who that's going to be. But we're going to take a break. This is Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back after this break. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And what matters to me, my man Kelvin Fisher, director of College Scouting for the Buffalo Bills, is in the studio with me. And we got a special guest, too. We're going to bring him in in a couple minutes, but after this segment, make you wait. Can't give you the surprise real early. Uh, Fish, man, I want to ask you another question. <coughs> it, it appears to me that um, there are guys that are coming out, and uh, you and I are friends, so I can say this to you. Uh, I'm a little confused on... Uh, first of all, I always tell people, regardless of when somebody comes out, just because they come out, that doesn't make somebody draft them. <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> right, you know right. that. You know, so 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 if somebody draft them, that's one thing. But them coming out, I mean, hell, it's millions of dollars. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want to come out? Are guys coming out too early? Fish. I mean, are, I mean, I, anybody want? Everybody wants to go get the money. Ultimately, they all want to play in the league. As you look at the talent that does 
you know, check that ballot. Okay, I'm going to skip my junior year. I'm going to skip my senior year. You know, are there too many guys coming out ill-prepared for the league? Is, are there some guys that should stay in another year? And, and if so... Uh, well, that's, a, that's, that's another question I'm asking. So, so let me ask you, are, are guys coming out early in your opinion? Um, I mean, obviously the numbers continue to grow every year, but I mean, I, I think there's guys that's good enough to come out, and I think there's guys that probably need to stay in. But, I mean, it, I think it's totally up to the player. I think it's totally up to, you know, the head coach on how he handles the situation with the player. But, I mean, if, if I mean, sometimes – you look at stats and you you know you may look at your stats and you may have great stats and you may feel like you're one of the best in the country i mean you know what i'm saying so i mean like for you for someone to say hey yeah you need to come out and you really feel like you're one of the best in the country then then you're going to do it that don't mean you are the best in the country you know what i'm saying but i think one of the biggest problems is, and i think we talked about this years ago um i just think the players they really don't do enough research before they decide to come out. I think they play ball, they have some success, and then um, people get in their ear and say, you need to come out. But I think you need to do the research. Like if I was going to come out early and I was a running back, I would probably want to know every single running back that's coming out. And I probably want to know every single uh, underclassman running back that's coming out just to have a better feel for what's out there. You know, it's interesting enough, one of my questions that I have for you is, you know, how can college players or what can college players do to prepare themselves better for your game? Because your game is a different game than, than their game. So you, you talked about the research in terms of if they should enter into the draft, but what about just the preparation period? Are, are athletes coming in to your league where they're prepared to play or do you guys still have to do a lot to develop them? I think it's a combination of both. I think some come out and they're ready to go, um, and it depends on what type of team, what, what team you played on, and what type of team you played on. I mean, you, you, if you're in college and you're a spread offense and, and you're a receiver, you you know you may run three routes. I mean, then if you're uh, a pro style offense, you may run ten routes. I mean, you know what I'm saying. So it, it depends on that, and I think it depends on when you if you leave early. Can you prepare yourself before that time comes that you understand the game? Now, you, you just mm -hmm. opened up a can of worms right there because you said that, you know, it depends upon what kind of system you were, like, involved in. And, you know, you talked about a spread offense and then you talked about a pro style. Okay, so are there certain schools that kids might consider – getting them ready to go to pros, whether you play on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball. I mean, do you guys look at that there are certain schools where we know, you know, regardless of what that school is, that, that they play a kind of ball that we play? And is this something that around the league everybody kind of thinks like that? Or is that something that you personally yourself take a look I, at? I think, I think every scout have to look at it, you know, the, the, the schematic of offense or defense. I mean, if you're a cover two team and that's what you play and you bump and you drop the cover two and you know that's that's all you that's all he's gonna play, I mean, when he comes to the league and he has to play bump and man, it may be a little challenging for him. Or if he has to play off and play zone, it may be challenging. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's different things, but I think certain schools prepare their kids 
that way, and I think certain schools prepare these kids by the scheme they run. Do you guys, as as uh, let, let's say the league, does, does the league really? And of course, we know there's an arm's length, and there's not a real relationship between the NC2A and the National Football League. Uh, but do you really look to pro? I mean, to colleges to develop talent for you. I mean, is this something? Whereas, come on, guys, you know, do you? I, I, without saying you do or you don't, you expect it. You don't have the. I'm saying you don't have the conversation. But you expect these guys to show up ready to go. And would, I, would that be correct? That, hey, you, you yeah, that, that's, I mean, you know, you always say your first three draft picks, your first, second, third rounders should be starters for you. Oh, man, I'm so glad to hear you say that. Hey, I hope we can push, rewind, save. I'm going to play that again because, Fish, I'm telling you, I'm one of those people. I do not believe that you draft a first-round pick and say he's a project. Right. Where does that, where does that come I, from? I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe in it. I don't do it. Um, as a first, second, third rounder, to me, that guy have to play for you ASAP. I mean, I don't care if you have depth on your team. Those three guys are supposed to be good enough to contribute. To contribute. And and right one. right now, day, day one, one, day, day one. one. Okay, day so okay, so without talking about anybody else's team, you know, because you know, one thing I like about the Big Boy Show, I always uh, refer to them as the Big Boy Show. You know, it's the one person on that show who who is an avid Cowboy fan, and, and he's also an avid. Uh, uh, San Antonio Spurs fan, that would be, of course, be Skip. And, and so Skip doesn't hold back. You know, he lets him know. And, and I think we are human beings. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all grew up with our favorite teams, you know. So, so, so we all, you know, like teams. And, and, and it was just amazing to me that a team I, you know, of course, everybody know I should like the team. They used to pay my paycheck. But if you draft a quarterback, I don't care what position, it'll probably never happen. But I never understood why the quarterback position, I've said this on the show before, never, never with you before, uh, Fish, I don't understand why the quarterback can't be like a, like a starting pitcher in the league. You might have a bad day at the office. So <laughs> what? Take him out. Let somebody else go in there. Don't he get sacked? He throwing interceptions. Okay, take him out. Let somebody else and start. You know, so what they draft somebody at your position in the first round? And be, beyond the fact that your money is guaranteed, like Sam Bradford's, okay, I'm just going to say it. Uh, competition should bring out the best of everybody. You, as a man who is responsible for bringing people in, and, and I've been there, you've been there, Fish. You play, uh, you know, you know how it is, man. When, when somebody gets drafted your position, uh, you are a little nervous. You know, it, it gets your attention, you know. But but it, it just makes you button up that chin strap. You just got to go to work. You right. know? Your job ain't guaranteed. Now, your money might be guaranteed, but your job ain't guaranteed. They'll just give you the check and let you go right. home and watch, you know, someplace else. So, I mean, do you think about, is that is that a a mental note? Somebody who is afraid of competition. Is that the kind of people you want to line up with? Do you, do you, do you like to create competition? If you had a, a, a person... That was a good ball player. Would it bother you that you wouldn't want to there was another, you wouldn't want to draft somebody in his position because it might make him uncomfortable? Would you care about that? No, you shouldn't. But that's the whole purpose of taking the best player on your board and not taking need. Because you may have you may have three corners, and if the best player on your board is a corner, you better take them. Hmm. I, I was taught this: you can never have. Too many good players, and when you have good, too many good players, that means the competition level is going to be that high, which means your team is going to be that good. And and I believe that too because what always happens, you just never know. It can always be injuries. You know, you just never know. You can't you, you can't plan for injuries. You don't know when injuries are going to happen. But that was to me, 
I, when, you know, again, from a distance, I don't know Sam. I didn't talk to Sam about it. Uh, but it just, it, it sent out an alarm around the league, you know. I think that was, um, I, I think that was something that was good for the league, for them to know that everybody feels this way. Man, you should, you know, quarterbacks, they're protected enough. <laughs> you don't have to protect right. them in that way. So, uh, so let, let, let's get past that, man. I, there was a couple other things that I wanted to make sure that I got a chance to, uh, to ask you. Like I told you, Fish, very few times, man, do I, um, uh, that, I, that I write some questions down, man, when I have a guest come in. But there, there was just a couple things that I wanted to ask. We talked about particularly about the college players and, you know, about them coming in, being prepared. <clears throat> and what, what is it that you, when you look at the college game and you know what you need, you, you know what you need. Is there anything that the college is doing or not doing that might make your job easier? Is, is there something that they're not doing that they could do that could make your job easier? I, man, I, I don't think so because I don't, I don't think it's about the college. I think it's about the player. I mean, when you, when you go in and eval evaluate the pl a player, you're evaluating the player, not, not what the coach is doing. I mean, like, even like some of the schemes is different, but you still have to evaluate the player. You know, you got to mm -hmm. evaluate what he is in that offense or what he is in that defense. And you got to evaluate what he can and can't do. And then at that point, that's, I mean, because sometimes you may see a guy and he may do out of the five things you want him to do, he may do two of them really, 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 really well. He may do three not too good, but you thinking like, okay, we'll get one of those other three, one of those other, right, and you got a pretty good player. Well, that now it becomes situation a football player. Well, let, let me ask you this then. Because, you know, I, I can say the game changed so much. The game certainly has changed since I played. But I remember one thing that changed about the game that, that, that I was a part of and I saw. And it was bigger, you know, guys that were, that were maybe corners in college that we, that we moved to safeties and pros. You know, so I only ran a 4-6, so they, uh, they didn't want a 4-6 on the corner. But I played corner, so they, they put him at safety. Uh, what little tweaks are you guys doing now that, that are different than it was, let's say, 10 years ago or five years ago in terms of positions and, and, and how the game has changed? Because I'm looking at some outside, some speed rushers. I'm seeing a lot of different things, but, but tell us some of the things I that mean, are you different. Got, you got your speed rushers that's not as big. You know, you got guys. So let's give us, for those out there listening, to kind of encourage somebody out there that might think they're too small, but, you, man, you don't realize, hey, this, this isn't. The one position that I think has changed a lot is – the, the, the wheel linebacker, you can which is the weak side linebacker. In case right. y'all don't know, you mm -hmm. used to you used to be able to play the wheel at two thirty two forty, if you can run. Now it's the two twenty five guys that can run, that can cover. Like it helps you in your sub package, your nickels and your dime package, because these guys can run and they're so athletic. That positions change a little bit. The, the four three DN, the wide nine. That changed a little bit. The three, four outside linebacker to me, you still gotta have those things strong, physical, set the set the edge, hold a point. Those are never changed. But they're they're trying to combinate com, com, combine them with the speed guys. You see what I'm saying? So everyone is twisting it up a little bit. Just like on offense, you got the tight end now. That's really they call him the H back, but he's really a tight end that can run. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But he's only 230. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, everyone's tweaking everything in a little way. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, and I don't care what no one says, smarts, hearts, and toughness is going to win every battle regardless. Wow. Smarts, hearts, and toughness. 
Well, I tell you what, what's happening on the offside, on the defensive side of the ball is affecting the awesome offensive side of the ball because that that left tackle, he he better be able to get out of there, you know, because that before you know it, that DN is going around him, man. Right. I, and I've been seeing some some left tackles that can dance a little bit, fish. They they, they light on their feet, they can they, get back. They're athletic, but they still have smarts, hearts, and toughness. When, when it all, when it all, that's never changed in football. Never, and it never will change because you still got to go hit somebody. You still got to tackle somebody. You still got to block someone. Those things will never change. No matter how you teach a person to block, you still got to be tough and physical to do it. No matter how you tackle, you still got to be tough and physical to do it. You know what I'm saying? Now, yeah, you can run, but at some point, you're going to have contact. Right, right. And I, and I, I think if you, if you look at those two teams that played – in, in the Super Bowl this year, what you just mentioned, I think it was obvious to see that on the field. I think that's the way that game played out. I think that's the way the playoffs kind of played out. And obviously it's something that's a part of your mission and you guys are working towards that way in that direction to make sure things happen. So uh, what we're going to do is about 30 seconds here, so I might as well just go ahead into that break. Uh, we're going to go into this break, and then we're going to come back, and I might tease you. I might let our special guest join us. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back after these messages. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me, of course, I got my man Kelvin Fisher Sr. here in the studio with me. Uh, Fisher, of course, is the uh, director of college scouting for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, at one time, of course, we all know he's uh, spent some great years over there with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Got a whole lot of shiny jewelry on this hand. He didn't wear it in here today, thank God. He ain't blinding us in here. But but I got a surprise. Uh you know, a young man that I met years ago, and uh, when I when I met this young man, I, I was I was extremely impressed with him, uh, everything about him, uh, particularly you know what he did on the football field was just 
fine young man, of course, that is somebody that you don't know, but I, but I know, and he's in the studio. Surprised me, uh, came in with his uh, with his pop today, and that is Kelvin Fisher, uh, Jr. So uh, I call him Fish too. It's, it's <laughs> Little Fish. So hey. so so Little Fish. Uh, Man, thanks for coming in, man. Hey, no problem. You're looking, no. looking good, like a young baller, and uh, we're gonna talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, I know that, and this is the first time I knew. This is this is straight off the cuff, guys. I want you guys to notice. This is uh, uh, a young man that um, goes beyond just this studio relationship with me. So, so I'm actually going to interview him, talk with him, uh, and we're gonna share with you because one thing I like about this show is I've always told you guys that. Um, I want to give you whatever information I can from whatever perspective I can that's going to help you and, and your family, uh, you yourself. You can share with somebody else, but you're going to get information from people who actually who've done it, you know, who's walked those shoes, who's lived that life. And, of course, that is well, what we do here at Voice America Sports. So, um, so Fish, you started out uh, coming out of uh, Higley High School here. Yeah. And uh, and went to uh, University of Arkansas. Yes, sir. And uh, and spent some time there, and and then transferred from Arkansas. But let me say, before you transferred, you graduated before you transferred. Am I right? Yes, I did. <laughs> See, hey, listen, it's bigger than ball. Go ahead, but you go ahead and tell them a little bit about that. No, I mean it was definitely a great experience. You know, being at the University of Arkansas. You know, obviously that was the school that I chose to go to out of high school. So, you know, I loved it there and. Got my degree from there, so I'm, you know, officially an alumni. <laughs> uh, you know, but no, I loved it there. It was a great experience. And you actually, uh, now when you were at Arkansas, of course, you played ball there. You played three years there? You, Two. You, I registered in my first year. Well, right, but so I was you, on the team for three years. For three years. years. Yeah. And, and, and so all you uh, people out there listening closer, you understand that means he got his degree in three years, you know, uh, which I'm extremely excited about that fact because, again, it's, uh, you know, his student comes first, so he took care of that business. But, but like me, like your dad, you know, football is is part of you. It's not; it doesn't define you, but it's part of you. So yeah. you still have some eligibility left, and you decide to go on. And you want to talk a little bit about that next step you took in life? Yeah, you know, I mean, unfortunately for me, football just wasn't working out too well at the University of Arkansas. So you know, after I got my my first degree, I transferred to UTEP, and you know, I had a good relationship with the head coach there, you know, Sean Coogler, and. You know, he just promised me an opportunity, you know, so I took it and went out there and made the best of it. Now, now, when I first saw you, man, I'm going to tell you, because I've been a part of, um, I would say it was a generation of football where there was running backs that I swore they had <laughs> eyes all around their head, not just the back, but all around their head, because I'm telling you, they'd be running to the left and they would see a cutback way back then. I'm thinking... Damn, you know, what did, how did they see that, you know? And, and and I saw that from you when you was a kid. Yeah. Man, you was cutting back like I'm like, oh my God, you know. But but you went into college and you played defensive back. Yeah. And so um that was somewhat to me, I thought that was a shock because I just thought, oh man, you know, I'm I'm, I'm gonna be waiting, you know, watch this man running for touchdowns and everything in college. And you decide now what was the difference that made you decide, because you played both of them, but what made you make the decision that I think I should pursue, you know, the next level of football at the secondary position as opposed to the running back. I mean, because I there's a lot of guys, you know, in high school that play two positions. Yeah, you know? most definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I definitely had that skill at running back. That was my primary position growing up. Um, I actually didn't even realize I could play DB until my sophomore year of high school. You know, set some records out here in Arizona, and then um, when it came time to make a decision different schools were recruiting me at different positions. So, um, you know, the University of Arkansas 
the head coach told me just to come and I would, you know, make that choice. And I decided to be a DB just because of the attributes I had. I felt like I could uh, contribute to the team better as a DB, you know, especially being the SEC. Um, that's just one thing I wanted to do, mm-hmm. you know, be on the defensive side of the ball and, you know, it worked out for me. Okay. So going in, uh, leaving Arkansas, going to, to UTEP. Now you go to UTEP knowing that you've already taken care of the primary, you know, reason for, for attending college, and that is to get your degree. Absolutely. Now you're working on your second degree, uh, but you also got an opportunity to continue to play ball and, and possibly, you know, pursue the next level. So, so talk a little bit about how that works and, and how you feel as somebody who's a graduate student, uh, you know, coming into a college atmosphere because this is a new thing for a new generation of people that, you know, there's a couple guys that are either, if they transfer or not, uh, you know, they already have degrees playing yeah. college football, you know. So so talk to us a little bit about that, knowing that you've accomplished one of your goals. Now you might have another one in mind that you're pursuing and how you went about that. It's an amazing feeling, to be honest with you. I mean, to go to another campus and just to know that I've already, like, accomplished what I wanted to accomplish academically and then to have the possibility to even further my education was huge, you know. But also it makes life being an athlete just a little bit easier. You know, when you, you know, your classes aren't as, as uh, rigorous, you know, you're only taking nine credit hours instead of 12. So, you know, when you're out there, you can focus a little bit more on football and, you know, studying the game, which definitely helped me in my career at UTEP versus, you know, when you're an undergrad, you know, you got to spend a little bit more time in the academic center and, you know, in the classroom. Well, uh, you you make it seem like it's real easy, but I I will tell people this is this is a very very smart young man. You know, he's a man who <laughs> works hard, but he's an intelligent man too. As for some of us, it comes a little harder than it does for others. Uh, but but you but you said something there. You know, the class load isn't as much because you don't yeah. need as many hours, and it gives you a little bit more time to um, you know to to prepare for for practice and games and things of that nature. Um, what did you spend, you know, the allotted of time that you had, the, the excess time that you had, did you spend more working out or more studying? It was definitely a little bit of both. You know, when you get to your junior, senior year of college, you know, you definitely got to take care of your body. You know, your legs aren't as fresh as they were when you, you walked on campus as a freshman. So, um, you know, for me, it was definitely split. You know, I was in the um, meeting rooms watching film, but then I was also in the training room getting my body right, getting it ready for the games. You know, and you know, since I was older, I had that knowledge of what I wanted my body to feel like going into a practice or going into a game. You know, I had been to a couple bowl games, so I knew, you know, what it took at bowl practices and stuff like that. So just to have that knowledge going into another campus, you know, I'm I'm able to have that advantage because of my class load not being as hard. Do you think uh, because of the fact that you also had you know been on the campus for three years someplace else? Uh, program was a little SEC is a little bit bigger than you oh, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, did your approach mentally to the game now? Did you have a little bit more football IQ? Was it a little higher? Because again, you're, you're the son of uh, a man who's been connected to the pro level. So obviously, you were a student of the game. But did you feel more confident in your preparation and how you were preparing uh, at this time for each game uh, that you had somewhat of an edge over the rest of the guys? To be honest with you, I feel like I've had that edge since I was in, like, ninth grade. You know, just having my father in my household. I've been around football my whole life, um, you know, and being that he's in the profession that he's in, when we watch football games, you know, we're not just sitting there watching it. We're talking, analyzing the whole nine. And so when I, you know, when I was in high school and even going into college, I kind of felt like I had an edge just because of the way I watched the game and my knowledge of the game prior. Um, so when I got to UTEP, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't new to me. You know, granted, SEC is definitely a bigger conference than Conference USA, 
but that doesn't change the, the way you prepare for a football game in any anyway. So, uh, so let, let's talk about your your career there, Fish. Um, you you actually played one year or two years there. Two. You played two, two years there. Yeah. Uh, this last year being your last year. Yes, sir. Um, and 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 then you go in and and perhaps I'm 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 hoping and thinking you're just like all of us that that last year of football we got to take a look at it uh, a realistic perspective. You know we, we're very competitive, hoping that you get a call, hoping that you get an opportunity. How did you? As the time was winding down, how were you preparing yourself, and how did it play out for you, and what what are your plans going forward? Um, you know, I, I wanted a special senior year just because of um, you know my situations that had happened throughout my college career with injuries and stuff. But um, you know, I wanted it to be special. So for me, I just wanted to win at all costs, whatever it took. You know, whether that was me out there balling or me helping the freshmen that were coming in that you know needed to play due to uh, injuries from our team. So, you know, that was kind of the approach I took. And then, you know, towards the end of the season is when I started, you know, figuring out what, how I wanted my future to play out as far as going to the NFL and stuff like that. And and talk to us a little bit about that. Share, share that with us because, again, I think for everybody it, it comes to a point whereas, you know, you look at the NFL, you think about the NFL. Some of us get a chance, some of us don't. You know, but but you but you but you 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 go that route. So you go down that road. You think about it, and and explain to us how it's played out for you to this point. And then I want to know, perhaps maybe, how you might consider because I because I see Pop sitting over there, and I'm thinking long term is is NFL executive long term something you think about, <laughs> or because obviously we you know if there's a chance to play first, you you want to go through that. If it's not, then do you pursue that? And 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 have you thought about those things? Definitely. I mean, you know, I think almost every college athlete wants to do it professionally, and if they don't, then they probably shouldn't be playing the game at all anyway. I agree. Um, you know, for me, it's a pro- it was a process. You know, after my first game, I made that decision to try to make my career you know continue, and from that point on your mindset has to change to, you know, doing what's best for you um, and not necessarily what's best for others, you know, like your teammates and stuff. So at that point, you know, I'm out there. I was training for my pro day. You know, I didn't get a combine invite, so that was my focus was to go out and kill the pro day. You know, I also got invited to the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, so I went out there and did my thing and, that was in that was in California. Yeah, it was in Carson. Okay, now is this the this is what the second or third year of that game? I want to say it was the third. Okay, yeah, okay. I want to say it yeah. was the third year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know your focus is definitely on you know making making it. So mm-hmm. um, you know for me after the NFLPA game and after my my pro day, that's when you kind of are stuck because. You know, you're just waiting for the draft. Now, how did you feel your pro day? This is again. Th- I tell people all of it is a great experience, and and it all stops for everybody at some point. You're going further down, further down, further down, and and you you're talking about a pro day, and then to you you're just in a pro day like it's a pro day, but man, it's a pro day, yeah. you know, and and it's it's a special moment, a moment you probably will never forget, uh, but it's a moment that the people are gonna have to wait to hear you talk about because we're gonna take a break. Here. <laughs> all right, cool. we're gonna come back. You're listening to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. We gotta take a break. We'll be right back for the last segment. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Show you listen to Rail of Sports in the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. My man, Kelvin Fisher, Sr., Director of Scouting for the Buffalo Bills, College Scouting for Buffalo Bills, is here in the studio with me, but uh, also the offspring, and that is Kelvin Fisher, Jr., is here with me. And he's sharing uh, his college experience because for me, uh, college experience, just like professional, is unique. And, and it's something that's a blessing for those of us who get an opportunity to do that. And you were blessed to do that. Uh, went to school on a full ride. Uh, got a chance to, to get a bachelor's and a master's. Uh, as your career was winding down, you, you were trying to prepare yourself to see if you could extend your career. Uh, you got to the process. And now we were having a discussion where you're at the point where you're, at, you're participating in, in a pro day. So yeah. let, let's talk a little bit about that. And uh, and share with people what 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 was that what was that all about and how'd you feel about that? Well, I mean, you know, Ray, I, I truly believe that your pro day, if you're lucky to be in one or to have one, is whatever you want it to make it to be. So for me, you know, I took it as a job interview. I, I've been around ex teammates that that didn't necessarily take it as serious, and just were out there just to be out there, didn't train for it or whatever. Um, so for me, you know, it was a job interview. But don't, you know, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed every last bit of it. You know, it was, it, it's, it's truly a moment that you'll never get back again, how, ever. How, how nervous were you, Fish? I mean, I, I, you know, I can think back to my, but it ain't about me. It's about <laughs> nowadays, man, where, where the young fellas, is it, I mean, truly. Let, let's be honest. Let's, yeah. tell, let's, let's share with the world, man. Were you nervous? Were you, were you, you know, most on the field, we, we are never scared. Yeah. But you, like you said, this is a job interview. You, you've never gone to job interviews before. See, this is what's so unique about professional ball is it's the first time where really you are pursuing <coughs> somebody instead of somebody pursuing you. Yeah. Majority of the time, you've already done everything. Everybody knows you can do, you know. But, but here, like you said, you've got you it, still, you still got to do the little show me. They still want to see a little something else. So what was it, if anything, that you went into that pro day that you were concerned about or you were nervous about or maybe even a little scared about? What, what, what was it? I definitely was nervous, you know. <clears throat> you know, I, I, uh, 
I don't really know how I felt, you know, at, to be honest with you. I, I know I was nervous, definitely. And then after the first event happened, I think is when I calmed down and, you know, got my composure and was able to focus on what now I let's talk about that first on. event. See, there's some people, they don't know what the first event is. You you <laughs> just wrote, did you have to, what was it? Was it some drills, the first event? Was no, it some no, sprints, the, the, the first, the first was event. Was it some weightlifting? You know, what was it? No, nah, the first event for my pro day, I don't know how all of them work, but the first one for us was the standing long jump and the high jump. Okay, okay. Uh, vertical, right. vertical jump. Vertical. So, okay. you know, I definitely went out there and killed both of those. Okay. And uh, okay. after that, I think it's when, you know, that's when you get that, that, that swag that confidence that you've had your whole career you know go you know that comes back because then you realize you know what I got this and at the end of the day I'm you know you're just gonna give it your all anyway so you might as well have fun doing it and now where was your pro day at and were you the only person there or was some other guy no there? my pro day was in El Paso at UTEP okay. and um, I want to say there was 10 of us total 10, yeah. ten, ten guys from from my, from my okay. school yeah okay yeah that, that's 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 a nice amount of guys to be there you know in a senior you look at it maybe a senior class nobody underclass right no it's all seniors mm -hmm. um, you know it, it sounds like a lot but then when you when you consider how many kids come in when you're a freshman mm -hmm. to have just 10 is really not a lot well I, I look at it like this you're right the zoo normally a class comes in about 20 or 30 guys yeah but when you really look at it, you know, most schools, I think, uh, and I, w I said I wasn't going to bring it up today, man, but I think the Ohio State University <laughs> <laughs> broke a record this year in the draft, and I think we might have had about, I don't know, you know. I'm not, but I thank you, Mr. Fisher, over there for the contribution. <laughs> but, you know, so so I, I'm, I'm just saying that is, you know, when you get that many people drafted, you know, and then some people have that many people at their you know, pro day, then you guys might not feel like that, but, you know, the pro day for them, obviously, they had a lot more guys. Yeah. You know, the, the amount of them that went, you know, that, that was that was something special. But the fact that you're there, now you're there, you, like you said, you've been around, you might even knew some of these men, <laughs> you yeah. know, that were there. You might shake their hand and call them whatever. Uh, you've known them for years. Um, but, but you go through that process, and then after that, uh, let's share with some people if who, it, some people have been recruited. They know what it's like to be recruited. They've never had a pro day. Do they say anything to you at the pro day? Do they make you feel a certain way? Do they tell you, well, we're going to call you on a pro Just share a little bit what you, what, if somebody said anything to you, or maybe they didn't say anything to anybody. They said, thank you all. We'll, we'll be in touch. Everybody's experience is different. Um, obviously, if, you, you know, if you're one of the top prospects coming out, the scouts are going to want to talk to you a little bit more after your pro day you know, versus if you're, you know, you're not a top prospect. You know, I had a couple of scouts, you know, just come and ask me a couple of questions. But for the most part, they kind of already have an idea of what they want to know about you. Because, like, like I said, this process, it doesn't just start at your pro day. It starts as soon as your season's over. Um, so, you know, most of the time they kind of have a feel of, you know, the information they want to get from you. And then, you know, depending on how your pro day go, you might, you might have some new teams become interested. And then that's when they start talking to you a little bit more. So... Well, you know, the fact that you said uh, there would be some – now, would these be some teams that are there or some teams that were not – because I, I know some people that have gotten drafted and uh, teams weren't even at their pro days, you know. And, and so is it – so are the people just there, the ones that you think are the only ones that, that, that have an interest in you? Or do you think that – or oh boy, they, they're not here, but they still, maybe they saw my film, you know, maybe. No, I mean, definitely not. I mean, I, I heard from teams that weren't even at my pro day right. after my pro day. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they get the film, they watch it, and, you know, sometimes they just probably couldn't even get a scout out there, so they might work with another team. But, you know, it, it's all about 
you as an athlete and how you perform. And, you know, if, they, if they're interested, then they'll let it be known that they're interested. Okay. So let's fast forward. What was the results, and, and, and where do you go from here from, that, from this point on? Uh, I, you know, I attended the Steelers rookie mini camp. That was the opportunity that I had. And, you know, unfortunately, they didn't decide to keep me. And, you know, I had to work out with another team as well. And, you know, right now I'm just waiting for a call and we'll see what happens. Well, you know, one thing I like about the fact that you're waiting for a call that I didn't like about other people waiting for calls is, you know, that is an extremely stressful period of your life. Yeah. And, but, but it kind of puts your life on hold. But the thing about you, you've already got your master's degree. <laughs> so that's yeah. a different when your life is on hold when you already have your master's degree as opposed to when your life is on hold and you haven't completed your bachelor's or you may have completed your bachelor's and you're really holding on to something that you, you really don't think is, is, may happen at all. So, you know, I'm happy to hear that, Fish. Uh, man, I don't have to tell you to stay in shape. I, I don't have to tell you anything because your <laughs> pop over there is going to tell you everything. Yeah. But I, I'm just going to tell you, man, I, I'm, I'm happy to have been somewhat of a part of your life. You know, just I, I snuck in and enjoyed it and peeped at it and, and, and was really happy for you, man. So uh, you are truly uh, a young man that could be looked up to when they talk about role models. This is the role of which anybody out there has a son. This, this is the role that he should play, a man who puts his education first and continues on with a dream that he has, but he keeps his priorities straight. And uh, speaking of that, I'm going to go back to his dad, who's a man who set that example for him, and I'm going to put him on All the right. spot, man. Okay. <laughs> You got the Buffalo Bills. You got the New England Patriots. I don't need to say nothing else. Come on, really? I mean, does it really look good this year, Fish? You know, we got two minutes. Can, can you guys really take it to the next level, make the playoffs this year, and go deep into the playoffs? I don't want to say Super Bowl, but do you feel, and I know you're going to say every year, you know, that's the goal, but do you really feel you put your pieces of the puzzle together because the draft helped you out in some free agency also? Yeah, I, I think we I think we put a, a, a good team together that, we should, you know, have a chance to go to the playoffs. Um, it, you know, obviously our coaching staff. I mean, I've been there, <laughs> I've been there three years and been through two coaches, um, two head coaches and, and coaching staffs. I've been through three different uh, defensive coordinators in the three years. So I've done a lot of things um, that I've never done in Pittsburgh in 13 years. You know, wow. but I, I just think, I think everything, the chemistry is going to be way better now. Because we have the same people, the same coaches, we got the same philosophy. Um, you know, we have the right draft picks, we have the right free agent, we have the right players that fits what we want to do. Well, so. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask you this because we got about I think about, about another minute left, and it's dear dear to my heart, man. I think one of the best players in the National Football League. I don't know if he's healthy. If we're going to be able to, I'm saying we, you know, mm -hmm. can count on him next year. Shady McCoy. Oh, Shady, Shady, definitely. <laughs> Man, hand, hands down. Health-wise, uh, is he He's good? fine, yeah, Shady's fine. Sh Shady, well, people understand, Shady is probably one of the hardest-working uh, players in the NFL. I mean, he's going to get his body right no matter what. He's going to get his – I mean, at the end of the year last year, yeah, I think he had the ankle or something, but, I mean, he's he's back. He's ready to that, go. That, that's he's just, ready to go. That, that's just good to hear because, you know, I'm a fan of the game, and I, and I like when I see good players play the game and – and again, man, part of my heart is in Philadelphia, others in Cleveland. But I never, 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 you know, could could understand how they could justify uh, letting that man go. <laughs> but, but you guys got him. You know, I, I'm happy. You know, know I, I, mean, I bet you are. I, I, I totally understand what you said, but yeah, I'm happy. I mean, yeah. you know, Ray, and a lot of it, a lot of this plays a big part. What plays a big part in this is, is injuries, like you just talked yeah. about. So we stay healthy, 
we should be fine. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I want to thank, you know, it's, it's not too many times. First time in life, I got a father and a son here uh, on the show with me. I certainly appreciate it. They're not only, uh, you know, great men, but uh, great friends. So you've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.